Good morning. Thank you so much for tuning in. And of course, staying with us right here on Women Radio WFM 91.7. Happy New Year. If we haven't met this year already, today is the second day of this year. <laughs> like play, like play, day two have come. Anyway, it's all good. Um, and of course, we'll try to make best of this year. All right. So it's the second day of January 2024. I hope you're feeling great. You're feeling good. The year has started off on a very good note for you. Well, last year, I'm sure that a lot of us had our own challenges that we went through. But here you are today. And of course, this year, as somebody said, this year is pregnant. We don't know how this year is going to unfold for each and every one of us. A lot of us, we get to cry. We get to smile. We get to laugh this year. We get to celebrate our wins. And of course, the downtimes too. Well, you know, it's all part of life. So let's embrace it all as part of people who are living. All right, this is Women Radio WFM 91.7, I just first radio station for women and their families. And of course, you're welcome to the program Radio Doctor right here on Women Radio WFM 91.7. My name is Rose Yusuf Kaiser, and of course, Radio Doctor is your free health consultation program where real doctors advise real people. All right, Radio Doctor is Nigeria's first specialized health program where medical doctors consult for free and advice right here on Women and radio wfm 91.7 and it comes to you mondays through fridays from 10 to 11 a.m all right so yes on radio doctor today is women's health and of course you know that each day is for different specialty right here on a radio doctor on mondays we get to look at children's health on tuesdays of course we go on with women's health and on wednesdays we get on with general health and of course on thursdays also we look at um, elderly health on fridays we also look at general health too all right so today our radio doctor is on women's health and of course it is supported by act foundation our radio doctor for today is dr colin sambola j he's an assistant medical director and fertility physician at st ives specialist hospital good morning dr apola j happy new year to you dr apola are you with us good morning happy new year good morning happy new year rose Good to be here once again. Well, excited to have you this new year. So, how is New Year looking like for you? Well, uh, <laughs> I think just to make reference to something I saw online, somebody said that the year started on a Monday, that this year actually means business. So, I think I'm also seeing it that way, that this year truly means business. Imagine a year that started on a Monday, so it's telling you that, yes, I'm not here to joke. So, basically, yeah, at this moment, it's, it's quite um, difficult to make projections, but yeah. um, I think we just have to stay positive, mm-hmm. yes, about the year and just go about all we should do. <laughs> To make it a worthwhile experience for us and not a sorry one. Mm, I definitely agree with you. I de- but I just can't wrap my head around this year is a serious yeah. one starting on a Monday. It's just cracking me up this right. <laughs> this morning. <laughs> anyway, it's all good. I just hope that we all get to be serious too, you know, at every point. But yeah. not, look, we're not over serious this serious, if not. <laughs> we will just be carrying plenty of problems on our head. <laughs> All right, right, Dr. Bolaje, so good to have you this morning. And of course, Dr. Bolaje will be here consulting and advising on ovarian factor infertility this morning. So if you have been following our conversations right, uh, you know, before 
um, the last episode, we've been talking about different aspects of infertility, what comes, you know, um, what brings about infertility, different aspects of it. That's what we have been looking at since last year, like the saints last year, long, long, we have been looking at this thing. So, well, if you think <laughs> last year is far enough, I mean, it was just about 48 hours ago, so, but hey, um, it's all good. So, today we're looking at ovarian factor infertility, all right, on women's health, right here on Radio Doctor, which is supported by Axe Foundation. All right, so the number to be a part of the program this morning is 0709171917. Send us a text or a WhatsApp message on 0703175637. All right, so um, that being said, our social media platforms are up and our post is up too. For Radio Doctor, do well to go ahead on Facebook, Instagram, X, and of course YouTube at WFM917. You can log on to our website www.wfm917.com. Uh, you get to listen live from any part of the world. Of course, we're always with you. Download our mobile app WFM917. All right, so let's head on straight to ovarian factor infertility with Dr. Collins Abolaja this morning. So, Doctor, let's start off with um, understanding what ovarian factor infertility is and how this gets to affect a woman's ability to conceive. All right, so ovarian factor um, infertility simply talks about um, infertility that results from the dysfunction or alteration in the function of the ovary. Now, um, with this said, it is also important that I um, set some background, um, that I you know, lay some background information that will help us understand it better. The ovaries themselves are not an independent organ. They actually work based on the rest, uh, based on the stimulation that they get from structures that are present in the brain. So uh, we have two structures. Basically, these they are all they are all um, called endocrine organs. Of course, there are still a lot of them in the body: the pancreas, the thyroid gland. But anyways, we'll limit this our discussion now to um, the ovaries and the other structures called the hypothalamus in the brain, and also, of course, the hypophysis or the one we call the pituitary gland. So basically, what happens is that the pituitary gland produces the hormones, okay, that in turn stimulates the. I'm sorry, the um, hypothalamus produces. Um, hormones that in turn stimulates the pituitary gland, which in turn produces gonadotropins, FSH and LH, that will stimulate, of course, the ovaries to carry out their function. The ovaries in turn will produce estrogens and progesterones that would stimulate, of course, the womb to either make us get to either make the woman get um, see her next menses or even also to sustain uh, a developing embryo or pregnancy within. So that is how it is. It's like the ovary has an organ in the brain, and that mm. organ has an organ also. <laughs> so let's just make that in layman's terms. And it is estimated that around 30 to 40% of infertile women actually have ovulatory dysfunction or ovulation dysfunction, as the case might be. So it is very, very prevalent. And of course, the incidence of these cases are also high. Um, if you have to compare them relative to the overall um, infertility that befalls a woman. And it usually exists in two forms. Okay. Ovulation dysfunction, they can manifest in two different forms. Okay. Generally. They could manifest either as the absence of ovulation entirely or even irregular ovulation, where the woman does not ovulate often. So basically, there will be some months she ovulates and other months she doesn't ovulate. 
there, in the course of this our discussion, of course, we'll be talking about some causes. Okay. But um, I think I could just put a little bit of pause in there. Hmm. And let's uh, just get that down. Uh-huh. Let's digest this one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank yeah. you so much, Dr. Collins, for yeah. giving us a breakdown of um, what ovarian factor infertility is. Now, um, just like you said, let's just head on straight to the causes of this ovarian factor infertility. Uh, what could actually cause this? Because we all know that, oh, well... Um, every girl is given birth with an ovary and the number of eggs and all of that. And then later on in life, you get to find out even as you have probably not, well, the ovaries are working, they start working at puberty. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, it's, it's more like, okay, now that I'm ready to get pregnant, you're not telling me that the ovary is malfunctioning or something is going on here. So, you know, what is the issue? So what actually brings about this? Dr. Collins, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Sorry, I lost you for a little bit. Oh, okay, okay. So um, I was just asking, let's just head on straight to the common causes of ovarian factor infertility. Yes, let's get to understand why, you know, some women have to go through um, this uh, course of infertility. Okay, so um, what I would have done is that I would have loved to actually put it in a group but any which ways i think I, I think we'll just go straight on and okay. i'll just try to you know clump everything together or mm. lump everything together and just uh, you know say so basically um the first thing first the, some of the causes of course include um low bed and uh, low body weight sorry <laughs> low body low weight, body weight. You know, okay people who are on the um, lower extreme of uh, body mass um, in this and um, of course, obesity. Obesity hmm. is also a cause of um, anovulation or ovulatory problems. Um, also, for some persons, they actually having thyroid problems, hmm. and because of these, it could be hyper or hypothyroidism, and this will of course prevent them from ovulating, and of course, still consequently results in you know uh, uh, menstrual irregularities for them. For some other people, maybe by reason of procedures that they've had in the ovaries, this has not resulted in ovulatory problems for them. For others, like I said, it could be a problem with the pituitary gland, which is pituitary dysfunction. Hmm. It could be a problem with the hypothalamus. Hypothalamus is like, let's just put it in literal terms, like the boss of the pituitary gland. Okay? So basically, it could also be a problem with the hypothalamus, where the hypothalamus does not produce the hormones that it's needed to stimulate the pituitary gland. And for some others, of course, age, it can also be a factor okay as to why some women would not ovulate or would experience ovulatory problems and then of course for some women they actually have chromosomal abnormalities that would result or that would make them experience menopause earlier than expected or could make them or could make their body to start producing less hormones as it should produce and because of that they'll be having scanty ovulation you know they ovulate this month they don't ovulate the next one you know in such persons we can say they are having what we call primary ovarian insufficiency where the ovary is not working optimally the way it should mm-hmm. so the hormones it should produce is not producing them the way it should and because of that person will start experiencing some problems and of course, um, hyperprolactinemia. For some women, they have a very unusual high level of, um, um, of prolactin hormone. The prolactin is produced from the pituitary gland. It's actually produced to help women to lactate. So basically, rising of that presence of that prolactin, okay, it is what will stimulate the breast to start producing, you know, uh, milk when the woman gives birth. Yeah. Also, so basically, when this hormone is high, 
to prevent a woman from getting pregnant. In fact, it's still part of the reason why a woman who is lactating would not be able to get pregnant immediately until she starts winning the child off breast or until she has stopped the child, you know, until she has taken the child off breast entirely. So these are some of the causes um, just to group them together uh. to give us simple understanding. Okay. All right. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Bolegi. This is 19 minutes after 10 right here on the Women Radio WFM 91.7. You can do well to dial the number 07000-917-917. Send us a text or a WhatsApp message 070-317-56537. That is a number to send us a text or a WhatsApp message. We're all here for it. Do you have your thoughts, concerns, questions on ovarian um, infertility, factor infertility. Please do well to send them across or do well to call me up. Let's get to hear from you. Dr. Colin Sabuleja is here to consult and advise for free on radio, right here on Women Radio WFM 91.7. All right, so now we've known what ovarian factor infertility is. Now we know some of the common causes of ovarian factor infertility. All right, doctor, so um, how is this assessed or, or accessed rather? Because at the end of the day, um we it, a woman wants to know you know how uh or rather when is, is it when she goes for maybe a random check or maybe at the point of trying to get pregnant or maybe she goes for something else and they get to discover this so how do you get to diagnose um you know ovarian factor infertility how does a woman get to know that this is what is going on are there okay. are there some right. kind of manifestations that might come up uh, aside from maybe irregular periods or pains or something like that so how do we get to know dr collins All right, so I think um, the networks are playing pranks with us this morning. Um, let's get to um, reconnect with Dr. Abolaji. Um Let's get to reconnect yes. with him. Are you with me now? Can you hear me? Okay, yeah, yeah, I think I'm back now. Yes. Oh, I know okay. There's something okay. Okay, so yeah. So now, uh, before I go on to answer that question, I think mm. there are certain things I also left out. Okay. And um, this would also still help us understand certain things better. So. Um, there were two other causes of um, anovulation or causes of ovulatory problem that are actually uh, left out, which, inc which include um, stress, increased stress levels, of course. Yeah. And um, the, commonest, the commonest cause of ovulatory problems in women, polycystic ovarian syndrome. syndrome. Honestly, I would have been doing the audience a great disservice, not to mention polycystic ovarian syndrome. Yeah. It is the commonest reproductive endocrinopathy, you know, um, around, especially for women of reproductive age. So... And these uh, is, uh, these are part of those are part of the uh, causes of ovulatory problems. So now, for women to identify whether they are having ovulatory problems, first of all, a woman who is having regular menstrual cycle, chances are excellent that she is still ovulating. But if the woman is already having irregular periods, maybe yeah. she doesn't see her menses regularly. By regularity, we don't we are not talking about the general cyclical uh, menstrual cycle um, length duration that exists. We're talking about you know you you see your menses. January, February, March, April, May, June, like that throughout the year, then that's talking about regularity. So for a woman who is having a um, regular menstrual cycle, like I said earlier, um, um, the regular periods, of course, then she's, um, chance to excellence, she's ovulating. So 
So all of the symptoms to note include irregular periods. For some women, they will be having irregular periods. Now, the reason why they're having regular periods is because they are not ovulating regularly. So basically, because of that, they will have irregular periods where they don't they see in some months, they don't see in certain months as it's obtainable in the case of polycystic ovarian syndrome. And for some others, they will experience um, um, some symptoms of hyperandrogenism. Now we're just still limiting all of these to polycystic ovarian syndrome, uh, where the, the person will have um, a male pattern hair distribution, acne, you know, you have some mood changes, you would have, of course, infrequent menses. Like I said, you are finding it difficult to get pregnant because the woman is not ovulating frequently. She's not ovulating regularly. So because of that, of course, um, she would also have some other symptoms like thin endometrium. She would have um, no or low cervical mucus or unfavorable cervical mucus. You know, we spoke about this when we discussed the cervical factor. For some other persons, of course, um, they could be having vaginal dryness, low sex drive or low libido for women. And um, for others, they, of course, they could be having uh, fluid discharge from their breasts even when they are not pregnant or when they have not given birth. You know, for some women, like I said, they, that symptom is actually called galactorrhea. And it's also a consequence of having hyperprolactinemia. Okay? So, uh, and, uh, for some other persons, of course, they could be having, uh, what do you call it, depression, anger mm -hmm. issues, you know, and um, hot flushes. And um, what else? I, I just want to uh, be sure that I'm not leaving anything out. So um, I, I think I've done justice to the majority of the symptoms that are commonly expressed by people. And these symptoms that they express or that, that they experience, rather, mm. these symptoms that they experience are actually consequence of the various manifestations of ovulatory problems. So people who have ovulatory problems, generally, it will manifest in them either as their total absence of ovulation, which is anovulation. For some other people, it could be that they have a condition called polycystic ovarian syndrome. And this polycystic ovarian syndrome, of course, has a myriad of other signs and symptoms within, okay, that uh, include hyperandrogenism, uh, um, um, anovulation or oligoovulation, problems with menstrual flow, uh, menstrual, you know, menstrual cycle, and then, of course, um, infertility or difficulty getting pregnant, and, of course, the presence of these polycystic ovaries. And um, for some other people, it, uh, they could, it could manifest as uh, premature ovarian insufficiency, where yeah. the ovaries are not working the way they should. Usually, this should happen when the woman is very, very close to menopause. But in this case, this um, suboptimal functioning of the ovary starts to happen, you know, sometime before the age of, um, sometime around the age of 40 years of age. Hmm. For some other people, this could manifest as them having premature ovarian failure. In this case now, that is premature menopause. Yeah. Menopause is supposed to actually happen between the age of 45 and 55. But for such women, before the age of 40, menses is gone. You would never see it again because of some, uh, because of chromosomal problems and some other causes that most likely we would also still speak about. Hmm. And then lastly, these um, ovulatory problems could manifest now in the form of luteal phase um, problems or luteal phase deficiencies. Now, what this simply means is that when a woman ovulates, yeah. okay, she goes into that luteal phase. Luteal phase is the phase where there's production of progesterone, and this progesterone either prepares the woman for the next menses or sustains the growth and development of the embryo inside of the endometrium. Ovulating, but they are just not producing enough progesterone. So because of that, 
Because of that, yeah. the endometrium will not develop very well. Progesterone is also required for the development of the embryo uh, of the of the endometrium and also for the development of the embryo, okay. you know, for implantation and all. Yeah. So if the progesterone level is not enough, of course, she, the woman, such a woman will find it difficult to sustain pregnancy, especially in the early phase, yeah. because of later phase uh, defects. For some other people, now, they are not ovulating, in the sense that the egg is not coming out, so they are not having that rupture of the follicle in yeah. the ovary. So they are not ovulating, and they are having what we call luteinized unruptured follicle. So that follicle that's supposed to rupture and release the egg will not rupture and release any egg. It will just convert itself into what we call the corpus luteum. Corpus luteum is formed in the ovary after a woman ovulates. It's like a year, we call it a yellow body. The yellow body is formed in that ovary from that structure, from that follicle that busts and that ruptured okay and release the egg so that's from that structure that is where the progesterone will start to be produced so for some people they do not rupture that egg okay it's the developing follicle simply just converts into a corpus luteum so to say and starts producing you know uh, some of the progesterone that it can produce but of course there is no egg the egg did not come out it was just immediately converted into a corpus luteum the follicle was converted into a corpus luteum so uh, these are the different expressions of ovulatory problems and the associated symptom. So all the symptoms I've made mention of all the um, odd flushes and everything were actually part of all these um, 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 isolated uh, um, subjects that I just discussed on. Now for a woman to know if they are having ovulatory problems, of course, yeah. we also have to take into cognizance the symptoms that she's experiencing hmm. the woman starts to tell you about all the symptoms i find it difficult to see cervical mucus or i'm having irregular periods or i'm having mood changes or i'm having um, uh, what what did i make mention of earlier um, i'm having acne exotism growth of air on like in areas that there shouldn't be hair my cycle, i'm having high cycle variability now what high cycle variability simply means talks about now, for some women, you see that they'll tell you that they see their menses sometimes every 26 days, sometimes every 30 days. So that is a good cycle. Hello, Dr. Collins. All right, uh, this is Women Radio WFM 91.7, and of course, it's about 29 minutes after 10 right here. And uh, we're just having a little bit these, of uh, people. Um, so, these are some of the symptoms that they would experience now. Or, okay, yeah, so to talk about diagnosing to diagnose or to detect it. So, like I said, um, we would take into cognizance the symptoms that the woman experiences. Uh, uh, the next thing, of course, we would have to do some hormone profile. We want to check the hormone profile. The hormone profile is actually a test that is done to check the hormones that are produced by the ovaries and also the hormones that are produced by the brain, okay? Like the FSH and the LH um, in women and, of course, estrogens and progesterones. And even the testosterone um, uh, um, or androgen profile can also be checked using the hormone profile. We can also do um, ultrasound, ultrasound to actually detect whether the woman has polycystic ovarian mm -hmm. syndrome, okay. or also to assess the ovarian reserve of the woman. There are also some other tests, progesterone, uh, progesterone challenge tests, where progesterone is given to the woman for a couple of days, and then of course, if the woman is producing estrogens, okay, of course the woman would have a withdrawal. But if she's not producing estrogen, then of course she won't have a withdrawal because estrogen would actually. 
Hi, Dr. Collins. Yeah, yes. Can, can you hear me? Yes, we just lost you for some seconds there. Okay, for some seconds there, okay? Mm. So, um, okay, so some other tests to also uh, perform include MRI. Now, for women who are, who are having recurrent um, galacturia, this galacturia simply means the production of fluid from their breasts, okay? Mm. Continuously, that is a sign of hyperprolactinemia. For some, there are drugs to treat that, but when you attempt treating it and it doesn't um, get uh, uh, managed, okay, and it still continues, it still persists, Usually, you want to investigate that woman more. So, MRI is also a test that should be done to actually assess the size of the hypothalamus of the of the pituitary gland. So, because for some persons, the reason why they are having hyperprolactinemia and the consequent galactorrhea is because they are having uh, a tumor in the pituitary gland. So, MRI is also part of the investigations that should be done. But it's not it's not instituted for everyone, mm. but only done for people depending on the symptoms that they present with. Okay. okay. All right, thank you so much, yes. Dr. Uh, Collins, for giving us a breakdown on all of that. All right, so um, this is about 28 minutes to 11 right here on Women Radio WFM 91.7. Do well to call us on 07000 Send us a text or your WhatsApp message to 070 all right, so this is Radio Doctor right here, your first free consultation program right here on uh, Red, on Women Radio. All right, this is your first specialized health program where medical doctors consult for free and advice on radio. Um, and of course, we have Dr. Colin Sabology with us uh, this morning. He's an assistant medical director and fertility physician at St. Ives Specialist Hospital. All right, today is on women's health, and women's health on Radio Doctor is supported by ACT foundation all right so um like i said you can do what to call us up let's get your thoughts your concerns and your questions right here on uh, the program all right dr collins thank you so much for giving us a breakdown so far on uh, this particular issue that women face but um during the explanation you you said something you you mentioned a quite a number of symptoms yeah that are very very peculiar to uh polycystic ovarian syndrome now could it be that um you know ovarian factor infertility like they're just maybe like brothers or sisters with uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome because um some of the um, almost you know all the um, what do you call it? Almost all the symptoms that you mentioned are still symptoms that a, yeah. a person with polycystic ovarian syndrome would definitely have. You're talking about heritism, you're talking about um, low progesterone, you're talking about, you know, um, mood swings and all of that. So there's a lot going yeah. on. And when you compare that with polycystic ovarian syndrome, you might just see that it works hand in hand. Let's yeah. make this call, please. Hello, good morning. Okay. Hello, good morning. You're connected. All right, do you want to call us back? Let's get to hear from you. 0709171917. Send us a text or a WhatsApp message on 0703175637. So, um, Dr. Apology, what's now the difference between yeah. ovarian factor okay. infertility and PCOS? All right, the caller is calling back. Just a minute. Okay, so, all right, all right. Uh-oh. All right, I think that we're having um, network issues this morning. Let's That's do well to... Call back again or send us a text or a WhatsApp message on 070-317-56537. Go ahead, Dr. Abology. All right. So the, the term ovulatory dysfunction is like an umbrella. Okay. It has different branches. It has different. It's like a spectrum. 
Okay, so polycystic ovarian syndrome, hyperprolactinemia, premature ovarian insufficiency, premature menopause, mm. and ovulation, the absence of ovulation, they are all like a uh, branch, okay, under the same umbrella. Okay, so it is just a term. We use that term to dis to describe all of these um, sisters. Okay, it's like a family. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's ovulatory dysfunctions, like the family, and then you have all the siblings and all the branches. So you have polycystic ovarian syndrome under that umbrella of ovulatory dysfunction. You have premature ovarian insufficiency under that umbrella. You have premature menopause under that umbrella. You have anovulation under that umbrella. So it's like, so that's what it means. So that's the reason why when we're talking about ovulatory dysfunction, you mention all the symptoms that are present within all these sister, all these um, um, sister uh, um, conditions. Okay, which are under, it's like a subtopic, so to say, like a subtopic under the same uh, broad heading. Okay. Yes, that's the word. It's like a subtopic. So you're having polycystic ovarian syndrome, everything, they are all ovulatory dysfunction or ovarian factor infertility because they will cause infertility any which way. Hmm. Okay. So that is that is yeah. So that is the reason why I made mention of all these symptoms that, which of course, would be familiar to somebody who has polycystic ovarian syndrome, and also familiar to somebody who is experiencing premature menopause, and familiar to somebody who is not even ovulating, and fam familiar to somebody who is having you know fluid production from the breast, um, galactoria, and hyperprolactinemia. Hmm. Okay. All right, thank you so much, Dr. Collins, for, um, you know, clearing all that up. 0709171719 is a number to call. Send me a text or a WhatsApp message on 0703175637. Hello, good morning. Um, all right, do want to call me back. I can't hear you at all. I don't know what's going on with our networks this morning, but please do want to call yeah, me back. Um, yeah, um, just do want to call me back or send me a text or a WhatsApp message. All right, I'm all here for it. All seven thousand nine one seven nine one seven, and of course, um, you can go ahead and um, use the number all seven zero three one seven five six five three seven. That's a number to send me a text or a WhatsApp message. All right, you can still try to call me up on 0709171719. All right, so we're here with Dr. Mabolojay um, and we are looking at ovarian factor infertility. And, um, you know, he's just opening up a lot that could actually go wrong. So, and, and then something that caught my attention that you said, Dr. Mabolojay, was that this affects a lot of women, even maybe a lot more than we actually think of or we actually know about and you know this actually makes me go back to the days where we were not privy to such information and you had lots of women who were suffering without even knowing that this is what it is hello good morning hello good morning hi good morning what's your name where are you calling from good morning happy new year happy I'm new year too you're calling from yeah ikorodu what's your name blessing, blessing. Oh, oh my goodness do you want to call me back uh, I think I thought I had blessed but I'm not sure but do you want to call me back please let's get to hear from you so um, which is now like just like I said I said this is actually really common and you know women of, of old that were not privy to such information did not even know that this was going to hello good morning good morning Rose. hi good morning happy new year to you 
Happy New Year, wish you fine. All right. So what's anyway where you're coming from? Good morning to your guest, Mr. Collins. Good morning. Good sir. morning to the doctor. Happy New Year. Okay. Um, um, so uh, I won't say the, the topic doesn't concern me. I, it's very, very educating and enlightening, and I've been learning a lot, like, so much. But my little, I want you to, I don't know if there is a, what you can say or how you can help the women with the information and some of the things they can do to escape or keep away from these challenges you're talking about. Yeah. What's your name? Hello, you there? All right, Dr. Collins, did you get his question? Yeah, he was asking about um, um, more like treatment yes, for yes. all of these uh, problems because he was asking yes. about it would help women who are um, down with some of these challenges. Mm. Um, okay, so... All right, just a minute. Um, Let's do I, do I, Just yeah. a minute. Maybe he's the one calling back. Hello, good morning. Okay. All right. Oh, what's going on? What's going on? All right, Dr. Collins, just go ahead. Let's hear the treatments from you. What are the treatment options okay. available for, for this? Okay, so generally, um, first of all, the woman, like I said, has to be, uh, like I would always say, has to be evaluated. And of course, a diagnosis has to be reached. Like I said earlier, ovulatory dysfunction is just a, it's like a spectrum. Okay, so you have to understand which exactly, what is the exact cause of that ovulatory dysfunction so the moment that is the moment that is uh, 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 figured out then of course treatment can now be instituted but just to list a few of course we have to apply lifestyle and dietary changes so basically for people who are actually having obesity then of course they want to have weight control to control their um, their weights to make their body mass in this um, to be to be within the normal um, range and of course, for people who, um, who uh, you know, engage in, you know, all these soda drinks, you want to cut down on sodas, cut that from, it's, it's actually done in a bit to try to control, to, you know, have a good and glycemic um, uh, profile because for people with polycystic ovarian syndrome, they still have what we call hyperinsulinism or hyperinsulinemia, you know, so basically you still want to control some of their glycemic um, um, profiles or parameters and then um, of course for lifestyle people need to cut down on um, smoking alcohol intake because of course smoking has been proven to cause deleterious effects on the ovaries of women and if, if active, smoking also affects men too just to add that so basically people want to control all of that and take care of that and then um, medically of course there are ways to try to make people ovulate especially women who are having an ovulation so basically, you want to do ovulation induction using certain medications, Clomid, Letrozole. These are actually instituted in the hospital. And um, usually when that is done, the woman has to be guided, you know, using ultrasound guidance to actually check whether she's responding to those medications. All of that should be done. And um, for drugs also, drugs like metformin, these days they use drugs like metformin, myanositol for women to actually increase their insulin sensitivity, okay, so that the body recognizes the presence of insulin and makes good use of it. Insulin acts as a gateway, 
okay, and acts as a what's the word a lock and key kind of mechanism to mm. some of these hormones and some of these uh, processes that occur inside of the body. So that's the reason why you give metformin to try to increase the body sensitivity, because part of the pathogenesis, part of the problems, uh, part of the um, origin, so to say, okay, of polycystic ovarian syndrome is actually hyperinsulinemia. Or hyperinsulinism. So that's the reason why metformin is given. This is just for people who are already using metformin and they don't know why. And maybe mm. they have seen that they are using metformin and they have seen a colleague who has a colleague or a brother or a sister yeah. who has a diabetes and the person is also using, using the syndrome. It. And you're like, ah, I don't have diabetes. Yes, you don't have diabetes, but it is given in a bit to try to control that and to make your body to be more uh, sensitized and sensitive to the presence of insulin and to make do with it so as to cause proper ovarian functioning. And then, of course, uh, some people would have to go to the extreme of even having what we call ovarian drilling. Yeah, these are such kind of interventions for people mm. with polycystic ovarian syndrome. Ovarian drilling is actually done to help the ovaries to be more responsive to medications, you know, especially because for some people, you know, the problem with polycystic ovarian syndrome is that it can actually make the ovaries to be unresponsive to even medications that you would use to cause the ovaries to ovulate, you know. So, um, and for people who um, have polycystic ovarian syndrome, they also have to understand that, of course, the, the problem with them is not that they do not have eggs. They have eggs that are resident within those tiny follicles or tiny cysts that are present within the ovaries, but it's just that they have been arrested at a particular stage. So they will not get to full maturation. And because of that, the ovaries will not ovulate. So that is also part of their problems. And polycystic ovarian syndrome, like I said, also um, predisposes uh, women to having um, long-term health complications like cardiovascular problems, metabolic syndrome, obesity, insulin resistance. So because of that, mm. um, appropriate evaluation and, and the right measure has to be suited to try to prevent those long-term problems. Exercising is also very important and um, to try to, you know, reduce the amount of adipose tissue present within the body, maybe to try to, you know, prevent all the inflammatory reactions that would occur, you know. And, um, of course, um, assisted reproduction is also one um, way out for people who are having ovulatory problems because if a woman is having premature ovarian failure or premature ovarian insufficiency or even premature menopause, such a woman now will not be able to produce quality eggs. May not be able to produce eggs even because she has attained premature menopause, a woman who stops seeing menses. You know, the reason why I'm talking broadly now is because, like I said earlier, there is spectrum under the umbrella ovulatory dysfunction. So for a woman who is having premature ovarian failure or insufficiency, of course, such a woman would have to do IVF, of course, considering the use of donor eggs, hmm. you know, in their IVF. Adoption is also another option for women who have attained, uh, mostly women who are unmarried and have already attained the uh, premature uh, menopause. So such women should also consider adoption. So I've listed a few, and um, I think in the course of the discussion, if anything comes up, I could also um, add to that. And then for people who are having hyperprolactinemia, of course, surgery can also be on the, in the most severe case of hyperprolactinemia, which is recurrent, which is not amenable to, uh, to um, um, have surgery done to try to take out any tumor that is present within the pituitary gland. But of course, that is in the extreme cases. Hmm. There are medications to try to bring down the prolactin levels of women. Pro, um, um, Bromegon, which is very common to most people, Cabegolin or Synago, as the case might be, these are medications that can be used to bring down the prolactin levels of women. But like I said, 
surgery is also part of the treatment for hyperprolactinemia, especially for those that are, um, you know, that are caused by the presence of a tumor in the pituitary gland. Hmm. Okay. All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Boloje, for all of that. This is Women Radio WFM 91.7. The world to call us up. Let's get to hear from you. 07000-917-917. Send us a text or a WhatsApp message on 070-317-56537. So it's about 13 minutes to 11 right here. And we are definitely, um, you know, waiting to hear from you uh, this morning on ovarian factor infertility today is women's health on radio doctor and is supported by act foundation all right so we've had the different kinds of treatments or treatment options that are available for women experiencing ovarian factor infertility so um the caller who called and said that this may not concern him but i just want to say it's definitely something that concerns you because um you have women around you and if you're armed with the right information you might just be pointing the woman close to you you know to the right direction so it definitely concerns all of us even though it happens in a woman's body but it does concern you you could talk to your daughter about it you could talk to your wife about it you could talk to you know friends about it and this would definitely help them and maybe save them from a lot of heartache and headaches all right so um doctor let's get to hear you know uh, more on some of uh, the um changes that were to make in terms of diet in terms of uh, you know life uh, changes that could actually help okay. to see that um we we fight this or we we win we win the way to, the war against this because at the, the end of the day this, honestly yeah. it's it's something that we all have to um you know join hands together to hello good morning good morning ma good morning watching where you're calling from Bola. Your name Bola. is Bola from Ikotu. Bola from Ikotu, yes. All right. Can I ask a question outside the dish? Um, okay, go ahead. The doctor is here. Uh, uh, outside the topic, I, I think I need the contact number of the uh, Association of Women. I called it uh, two weeks ago. I couldn't get it. Uh, I told you to send. I told you to send a text to the our text message line, and we didn't get text from you or a WhatsApp message. I want the contact number before you finish. You mention it again. All right, I will still get to mention it again. Uh, before you finish again. Yes. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All right, the number to send a text to is 070-317-56537. That's the number to send me a text or a WhatsApp message on. All right, so um, Dr. Collins, so let's get to hear from you some of the lifestyle changes that we are to make in order to fight okay. this. And is this something that, um, you know, we have to, you know, keep, is it a lifelong um, factor of, uh, you know, is it a lifelong issue that we have to be looking at or is something that can just be treated once and for all with the lifestyle changes? Okay, with the lifestyle changes. Yeah. Well, um, I think um, the lifestyle changes. Now, usually um, most of the treatments of some of these ovulatory dis- um, dysfunctions, okay, hmm. they are actually a multidisciplinary approach. 
and they have a multi-dimensional approach to managing them so basically just lifestyle for some people lifestyle changes or dietary changes can actually just help some persons really for women with polycystic ovarian syndrome now you know because polycystic ovarian syndrome actually has different expressions they are different we call them phenotypes so it's not everything you see it's not all the classical symptoms of polycystic ovarian syndrome you will find in everybody that has polycystic ovarian syndrome so there are different phenotypes that I will be discussing when we when we get to the um, discussion of polycystic ovarian syndrome on one of these um, uh, days. And um, so basically, um, so for some people, just dietary modifications and exercising, reducing, keeping their body mass index index within the right uh, within the, the the normal limit just helps them and the and ovulation returns and everything and menses starts to flow the way it should and the cycle becomes constant becomes regular and all of that it can be enough for some persons but for some others of course they would need some extra some extra um, intervention um, to be done so some of the lifestyle and dietary um, changes work uh, first of all the, the woman or the lady has to now this is pertaining to polycystic ovarian syndrome now uh, because for the others Diet truly would not make you have uh, uh, premature ovarian failure. Largely, the causes of premature ovarian failure or premature menopause has to do with maybe um, cigarette smoking, chromosomal abnormalities like Turner syndrome, and then, of course, autoimmune conditions like autoimmune um, hypothyroidism and, uh, and the like. So uh, some of, sometimes even it is even familiar, where there's just a familiar pattern of having um, early menarche and early menopause. And studies have also shown that women who attain early menarche, now that, what that means is that they saw their menses early, they started their menses at an early age, maybe eight for some people, nine, you know. Usually studies have shown that these women will actually attain menopause earlier than others. So all of these uh, are part of the reasons or uh, no, to note uh, some of the things to note on um, the others. Now, for polycystic ovarian syndrome, like I said, mm. uh, which is where we usually start when we see a patient that comes in with polycystic ovarian syndrome, which is also an ovulatory dysfunction, we usually start them on dietary and lifestyle modifications. We tell them to keep to lose at least ten and weight correction. So we tell them to engage in exercises in a bit to try to in a bit to drop ten percent of their body weight, whatever they weigh, and then of course to reduce some body fats because obesity in itself can cause. Um, uh, problems with um, um, insulin resistance and also um, low sex um, uh, sex binding and globulin and all of that. And so basically we tell them to reduce their carbohydrates, take more of protein, take fruits, vegetables, get well hydrated, hydration, and um, of course engage in exercises, stop smoking, cut down on your alcohol intake, you know, avoid recreational drug use because these can actually have deleterious effect on the ovaries. And um, and, um, and I, well, I think these are most of it. Now, for the diet, most people they usually recommend Mediterranean diet. These are diets that are very rich in, you know, all the fruits, all the uh, uh, calcium and, and proteins. You know, we encourage taking lean meat, lean meat, like um, chicken, mm. of course, avoid fried foods, avoid, uh, um, uh, um, avoid uh, what do you call it, snacks, avoid carbonated drinks like sodas, 
because they are most of them have been proven to have pro-inflammatory effect. They can cause inflammatory reactions, and the cascade of which can have effects on the hormone production inside of the body. And of course, for women, this can ultimately result in ovulatory problems or menstrual irregularities. Hmm. So. Okay. Um, I think the, the, the majority of these that I've mentioned are things that are already known by the general public, you know, and these are the things that have been preached in recent times, you know, due to health awareness, mm. uh, people trying to keep fit these days are very, very important. But it's also important that I state that too much of exercise is also very bad. So you don't want to start exercising to go lower than the normal limit of what your body mass index should be like. Okay, if you are underweight and you are overweight for a woman, it can have effect on the function of the pituitary gland of the woman huh. and this is of the hypothalamus rather, and this can in turn result in ovulatory problems or menstrual irregularities. All right, thank you so much, Dr. Um, Colin Sobology, for being a part of our program today. So, uh, basically, it's the lifestyle changes, it's the diet changes, it's exercises that could actually help you you know be at the side of advantage when it comes to ovarian factor infertility all right thank you so much dr collins abology for being a part of our program this morning thank you for coming on thank you for having me all right do have a great day ahead and happy new year to you once again yeah happy new year bye-bye bye all right, so that's it this morning on Radio Doctor, uh, right here on Women Radio WFM 91.7. Women's Health Today is supported by ACT Foundation. So a very big thank you to Dr. Colin Sabology, an Assistant Medical Director and Fertility Physician at St. Ives Specialist Hospital. All right, thank you all so much for being a part of the program. Join us again tomorrow at 10 a.m. where we'll get through with general health. Thank you to the producer of the program, Mr. Larry B. and the executive producer, Tonwa Kewale Shonaya. My name is Rose Yusuf Kaiser. Do have a blessed and amazing day ahead. Happy New Year to you once again. Good morning. WFM 91.7.